Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marriage Isn't Always Bubblegum and Lollipops. Today's episode is titled Year 15 because I have a special guest with me, my husband. Yeah, what's going on? And we wanted to title it Year 15 because we're celebrating our 15-year anniversary and we just wanted to go off a couple questions. So I asked um, on my social media platforms for people to give us questions to answer, which they did. So we have a few questions to answer. And we also um, wrote down some topics that we want to discuss. So the first question is, how were you able to grow as a unit, but also separately without losing each other in the process? For me, I think that you have to separate the two. That is how you can be effective of growing as a unit, but also separately. I think most times we try to merge those two things together as in if I've changed something in myself, then I then want to enforce that in my marriage. But that's two separate things that have to be cohesive with two separate people. So I think it's all about respect respecting your spouse that they are growing individually and also respect their process not forcing them to grow with you just because you're growing respect where they are and that's that i think it's all about respect yes it's about respect um growing as a unit also individually is is essential because you have to do things that are beneficial to you and your own peace and you have to do your spouse has to do things that is beneficial to them as well but sometimes it's going to be difficult because your spouse may be going through something or, you know, excelling and doing better in their career and their life. And you may not, you may be standing still. So I'm like, you can't get jealous or anything. You just have to do what you need to do for you. And you have to encourage your spouse. Agreed, agreed, agreed. The next question says, how can a marriage work when the husband isn't a leader and the wife isn't a follower? I think that that is a tricky question because... Most households lead under the authority of God, which is the husband as the leader and the wife as the follower or submissive to the leadership of her husband. So for me, I think it comes to respect again, respecting who your spouse is. I think that it's easy to put that pressure on a man to be a leader, but I hate to say this, some men operate better in a situation where they're under a strong woman and they just follow their lead and I think that society puts a gender role on things um, in regards to marriage or how things should go but at the end of the day you have to be respectful of your spouse and if this is the way that your family unit works then that's just the way it has to work yeah, and then as far as the husband being a leader and the wife being a follower, I'm not a big fan of that. It's just you have to do what works for you. Say, you know, a lot of a lot of men get they get upset or they can't handle when a woman makes more money than them. Like you know, and I feel as though as as long as you're taking care of business, you take care of your responsibilities, your household, and you're progressing, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. You should, yeah, you should do whatever works for you. Correct, correct. I definitely agree with that. And as you touched on talking about you know men feeling a way about women making more than them i think we're living in a modern day world now where women do make a lot of a lot of money now they are 
getting these jobs that they used to not be able to, to get and maintain and hold down. And so when that becomes a thing in your marriage, I think, I don't know, what do you, do you think it's like jealousy or do you feel like the man feels it's, inadequate? It's sometimes a shot of the pride because the man is, you know, normal instinct is to, well, most men anyway, they feel like they should provide, they should take care of home. But sometimes it's just not, it's not possible. Like, so you see all these celebrity women and, you know, the Beyonce's, the Jennifer Love, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, Jennifer Lopez, all these people, you know, and their man, they may not be able to, you know, make what they make. Sometimes it's not feasible. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I know you see that all the time. I feel like celebrities, they do date other celebrities, but you have those celebrities that date people you don't know. You literally don't know. Only thing you know about this person is that they're dating this this celebrity. <laughs> yeah, like Who's going to date Oprah? Statman. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, even with that, and and all you know about Statman is that he date Oprah. I mean, you don't really know anything else about him, what his financial state is or anything like that. But Oprah is a powerful woman. So you have to be able to be respectful of your spouse in that situation. And also, but at the same time, say for those women who do make more than their husband, they can't make they can't make their man feel like they're inadequate or inadequate. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I I agree, and that's the and that I think that's where the respect is. Just yeah. we go right back to respect. Your marriage cannot function without the due process of respect. It just can't. Correct. So the next question is: In what ways do you continue to pour into each other? Hmm. Pouring to each other, I mean, it's that's that's constant, yeah. Can continue to uplift each other, like say you want to continuously do better, you want to continue to pro, um, progress, so you just you know, you bring each other along with you, yeah. I feel like it's no certain way that we pour into each other, I just think that we do. We know that I don't know, I don't know if it's because we have been together for a long time, but it's like I can sense. When Chris is off, I feel like he can sense when I'm off. And it's just that constant reassurance that I'm here. No matter what happens, I'm here. It is a different feeling knowing that someone is just there and they're not going anywhere, no matter what. And so for me, Chris pours into me just by being him, being there. I know that. He's going to make sure that everything is good as far as the finances are concerned, because that's the the way our marriage works, is that Chris has always been the provider of our family. And I've always been home with the children. And, you know, that's how we function. And even still, when, when changes start to happen, when that dynamic started to change, we grew, we learned, and we moved on, and we respected each other for the levels that we were at currently or trying to get to. So the pouring comes in from just being there. And if you genuinely love each other, you want to see each other do great, you know, and be great. So you uplift each other. Correct, correct, and correct. So the next question is, how do you handle arguments? For me, handling arguments, oh gosh, we have really had to learn how to handle arguments. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That has been um, stepping stones 
for the duration of our relationship. We've been married for 15 years, but we've been together for 20. And so we have went through multiple transitions as far as arguments are concerned. So when we first started off, it was really just not cursing, not cursing at each other, fighting fair. Then we transitioned to when we argue, don't put divorce on the table at all. I think I know for me, I did that a lot. I remember you mentioning that to me, like, babe, you can't talk about, you can't say that every time we argue. You can't talk about. Yeah, leaving or something like that. Every <laughs> yeah, time. <laughs> every time you leaving, you packing your bags. And it's like, it got to the point where I was packing my bags one day and Chris was playing on the game and he didn't budge. He didn't move. He didn't care. He like, okay. I don't think that he necessarily didn't care, but it was like, it got to the point where, okay, you, this is what you do. This is you going through the motions and I'll be right here when you get back. Cause I don't know what you got going on. Yeah. I'm like, man, you be mad sometimes. Like a lot of people say that, you know, they don't want to go to bed. They don't want to go to bed, you know, angry at each other. Like me, I'm like, sometimes I think it's necessary. Like, you don't, you don't always want to have to talk it through. Like, sometimes, all right, you can be mad. All right, go in the room, you know, and be mad in the room. I'm going to be mad out here. Yeah. And I don't think it always works either that don't go to bed. Um, I don't think it, because even if you do discuss it, you still haven't, I feel like you, you give yourself the due process of processing what you want to say and how you feel. That doesn't always work. Yeah, because sometimes you need that space. You need that time. Because if you're like, all right, we're not going to go to bed angry, that can, you know, make things worse because you're going to force yourself to talk. Right. And you may not even be in a mental head space to be talking at the moment. And then, honestly, I feel like it can make it worse because yeah. if I'm the spouse that's ready to communicate and ready to get it done, and you're the spouse that really and true, you're not really ready. So now I'm forcing a conversation on you where you then might become petty. And now I'm in a situation where I'm further frustrated and you're even more irritated because we forced uh, uh, to come to a conclusion before we got in bed. It just doesn't always work like that. And I feel like it's unrealistic and that's a pressure that you shouldn't put on your marriage. You should allow your spouse to be who they are, deal with how they want to deal with it, and move on. Yeah, because sometimes you just need some space. You just need to, you know, some space by yourself to process it, to listen to some music, watch some TV or whatever, and calm down. Yep. So the next question is, how do you tell your spouse that you are hurting and and they are disrespecting you with their actions without hurting them in the process? How you tell them? Um, shoot, communication, uh, different ways. Like if you're feeling some type of way, um, you, you have to communicate. You have to express it. You may not be able to express it verbally, so write it down. Send a text message or put it in a book. Yeah, but you know what? Email. I think that sometimes it's hard to express yourself without hurting your spouse. Because not that you may do it intentionally, but I feel like if you're speaking your truth about your marriage and how your spouse is treating you and you feel that they're disrespecting you and they're hurting you it's not any way that your truth may not hurt them and I feel like we shouldn't aim to hurt our spouses 
But at the same time, I feel like we shouldn't hold back our truth to not either. Because I feel like when you aren't 100% truthful, whether it hurts your, feeling, your, your spouse's feelings or not, you're hurting your marriage anyway. Yeah. Because you're not telling... You're not telling the whole truth. Yeah, you know that could be difficult, difficult for men because a lot of men don't want to express their feelings or emotions. So I'm like, and you don't want to come off as soft or a sucker. Like, yeah, you can't deal with that. But, you know, you have to, if you're feeling some type of way, you have to say something. Definitely. I definitely agree. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily um, a way in which you can do that without hurting your spouse. I really do believe that is on a spouse-to-spouse basis. I may be able to say something to my spouse that doesn't hurt his feelings. But if you was to say it, it might hurt your spouse's feelings. So I think that A, it's about knowing your spouse. B, it's about always walking into your truth. And C, make sure that when you speak, you're speaking out of love and you're speaking to progress your marriage. So... Now that those questions are done, we're going to move into some things that me and Chris wanted to touch on. So the first question is how to be a good parent without neglecting your spouse. Yeah, that one there, that was difficult for me. Yeah, you know, I knew that I wanted to marry Jasmine. I know I wanted her as my wife. I know I wanted kids. But somewhere along the way, I started because I'm, I'm a big kid. Somewhere along the way, I wanted, you know, I, I focused so much on the kids. So I'm like, you know what? I will go take the kids out for ice cream, go play with them, go do whatever. But then when I come back to Jasmine, it's usually because I just want to chill with her and, you know, and, and probably have sex. So I'm like, and that's not cool. I'm like, Preach, we, preacher. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't spending that time. You know, I wasn't, you know, doing everything to get her in the mood to want to have sex. Because I'm like, you know, all the time I was out with the kids and I was playing with them. But the wife was in there doing whatever she's doing. And like all my time is dedicated to them. So I, I had to change that. Yeah, I think that I think that that's a struggle. I think you have to be you have to keep that at the forefront of your mind. When you're a good parent, it is very easily it is very easy to neglect your spouse. Yes. Because you want to be everything and more for your kids. And children have a funny way of monopolizing all of your time. Correct. They do. And I don't think they mean to do it necessarily, but they love you. They have a good time around you. And I know for our family unit, we are very close. We're very close. It could be a mansion and we're all more than likely going to be in the same room. If we're not at the current time and the next hour or so, we will be. Same room, same bed. Same room, same bed. That is just how we, we operate as a family unit. So, it became normal for that to happen. And so it wasn't until I had to point that out to Chris, like, hey, listen, we're not spending no time together. Like, and he's like, yeah, we are. No, we're spending family time together. That's different. I need one-on-one time with you. And so for me, that never was really an issue because I, I can cut it off. But I think for Chris, like he said, he's such a big kid that he wants to have fun. He wants to run. And I think it wasn't necessarily that way in the beginning, though, when they were young. It was more so when they got older and they became active in sports and 
he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. It's like he, the time he was waiting on came and he was like, just foot to the ground. Let's go. Every free time he had was like what I'm doing with the boys. What I'm with Shania at? What we about to go do? Shania, let's go get you some Uggs. Shania, it was it was always something involving the kids. It even got to the point where I'm like, baby, let's go out to eat. He'd be like, all right, what the kids about to do? Um, I don't know what they about to do, but me and you about to go out to eat. So it was just, it's just making your spouse a priority is super, super duper important, especially when you have children or if you have a career that requires a lot of your time. It's important that you prioritize your marriage. I mean, even if you're that busy where you forget, mark it on your calendars. All the phones now have calendars on their phone. If you need to learn on your phone and say, hey, every second, third week of the month, I need to be taking my wife, my wife or I need to spend some time with my husband. If you work, if you're very active as a wife, these are things you have to set aside and not saying that you shouldn't already remember it. But sometimes we have a lot going on. So it's important to notate that and put it down. Yeah, and one of the things that helped us is that we started making date nights, you know, mandatory date nights. Like, we would go, you know, at least it, you don't have to go out, but at least once a month, twice a month, something like that. You have to, you know, get together and maybe binge watch, you know, one of your TV shows or something for, for the night, for a few hours. Or go out to eat, or go to a movie, go to a show, do something, picnic. you know. We've done picnics. We went to go, went to Gravely Point to see the planes landing or taking off. Yeah, spend, spend, you don't spend always the time. have to spend money, but time is invaluable. Yeah, and do something that's engaging. Because, like I say, if you go to the movies or whatever, and that's two hours that you're watching the movie. You're not actively engaging each other. Yes. Because for me, I feel like, all right, we're in the same room. We're spending time. So I'm cool. But, you know, that's not really spending time. No, it is not really spending time. And Chris, no. One thing I hate, Chris is a big movie buff. So he loves going to the movies. If it's one thing I hate, it's a date to the movies. Because I feel it's just so, it's not intimate. It's like, okay, we just watched a movie now. Well, you didn't spend no time with me. You was watching a movie the whole time. And we in a dark theater with a bunch of strangers. I just, I don't like movies as a date night. That's not, that's not me at all. Okay, so the next question that we wanted to talk about is ensuring that you create a safe space to communicate. So... This is a big one for me and Chris because I feel like most couples believe that they have created a safe space to communicate. Now, granted, your husband may talk to you all the time about everything, but there are some things that your husband may not feel comfortable talking to you about because you really truly haven't created a safe space to communicate so for example me and my husband talk all day all the time about everything sports weather political things kids social I mean whatever it is we talk about but it wasn't until I want to say like a few years ago where me and Chris had a real open and honest conversation and I won't say it was in the heat of the moment, but it was in a very tough spot in our marriage where we discussed some things and it was things that I was unaware of. So for me being an over communicator, 
I just knew that he felt safe to communicate things that he even thought would upset me. He felt safe with that. I could take it. I'm tough. But he didn't. And it wasn't until then that I realized I really haven't effectively created a safe space for us to communicate. So you have to make sure that your husband or your wife has a space where they feel like they can thoroughly communicate with you and they won't pay for it later. I feel like that's like the biggest thing. People feel like, well, if I say that and I speak my truth, I'm going to pay for that later. Yeah, that's how a lot of people feel. But as far as me, because I know a lot of stuff don't, it don't really bother me. So I'm like, I'm like all right, whatever, I don't, I don't care. So, but I'll, br- I'll brush it off. But then little small things after it builds up for a while, you know, you, you have to deal with that so that it doesn't it doesn't come off and you're like an explosion. You're a time bomb. So yeah. it just. Yeah, so you, and you that's how and that's how you can communicate all day. But if I feel like I can read a whole book to you, but then I leave out a chapter, it's still not effectively communicating. Yeah. Because I left out that chapter for a reason. What is that reason? Do I not feel safe to communicate with you how I truly feel? Yeah. Do I feel like you're going to a clown me or you won't really understand or you'll then take it and feel away about yourself? Like you should be able as a spouse to speak your truth and not feel like it's gonna, you're going to be condemned because of it. Yeah. And then part of it is because, like I say, you don't want to you don't want to make your spouse feel some type of way. But sometimes you have to because if it's affecting you negatively, you right. have to you have to say something. Yeah, like it's like if I don't like certain things about you or I don't like this, I have to say it. Now, do you do it with ease? Of course. But at the same time, you still got to say it because there shouldn't be anything that no one outside of your marriage should know about your spouse but you. Yeah. And I feel like when you don't create those safe spaces, your spouse then communicates with someone else because they feel like they can't communicate with you. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so the next thing is, how do you handle different parenting styles? Child, look. Yeah. Look, <laughs> me and Chris, we have completely different parenting styles. Although we agree on how we want things done, the end goal of our children, the way in which to reach that goal is completely different between me and Chris. Chris is more of a disciplinarian. I'm more of a, I want to talk it out. I'm more of a, I want to take the therapist approach. I'm like, well, Chris, did you, did you ask? Did you thoroughly inspect? Did you, he's like, no, this is what it is. And this is what happened. And see, to me is that, you know, I didn't have much coming up. And I want my kids to have more than me. And right now, they've had probably 50 times what I've had. You know, first off, they've got both parents. You know. Correct. So, shoot, I didn't have that. Me you either. Know, they didn't been to so many places, done so many things. I've never even been to until I was an adult. Until I was able to pay for them and go myself. So, and then even the stuff that they have in the house. So, when, when they get upset or they get angry about something... I don't care because you know what? I'm like, hey, they should be, I feel like they should be happy to be able to have what they have or to do what they do, you know, do and the things that they've done because they've, they just, they, it's, there's nothing that they need. 
It's yeah. some things that they want, but it's you know it's, it's pretty irrelevant. Though. And see, that's how that is where me and Chris differ because he doesn't care, and he's like, okay, they'll be alright. But it's like they are built differently in my eyes. You went through things, and so you were built differently as a kid, and so your emotions are going to be different than their emotions. But I feel like Chris, and this is where. It's so funny to me because Chris is the reason that they act the way that they act. Chris spoils them crazy, but then he hates to see them be spoiled. And it's like I try to explain that it's okay for them to be spoiled, but it's not okay for them to be brats. I can't deal with a spoiled brat. The kids aren't disrespectful. They aren't anything like that. But Chris just feels like you don't get to be upset. Like, what you mad at? You got everything that you need. It's no reason for you to be in your feelings. Why you mad? Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I give them everything. And I'm like, and, you know, and like, see, so we wanted to give them different life and stuff, whatever. Like I say, you know, that different life comes with different, you know, they want different things. And they, and they see different things. So, but I'm like, and just... It, it it still annoys me. Just like I'll say, like, hey, I'll, I'll tell them what I did or what I didn't have when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, she'll mess me like, hey, man, you had a you had a trash childhood. Yeah, uh, she'll definitely like, say yeah. it's like that's trash. <laughs> I think one time she even but, said, okay, just because you play with sticks and rocks, don't mean that you gotta you gotta do that to us. Like it is it's crazy because she really doesn't really get it. Like they, I don't think any of the kids really get it. And so for me, I just want to make sure that internally that they're getting the things that they that they need. I don't want to raise children that have to recover from their childhood because that's maybe they feel unheard or unseen. And so I think that's why I'm more of a let's talk it out. Like, what's going on? What made you do that? What were you thinking? Like, I'm more of that parent. And Chris is like, yeah, okay. They knew what they was doing. They've been raised right. This is what's happening, and that's it. He gonna lay the law down, and that's just that's just what it is. So I think that it's it's come to the point where we've had to respect each other's parenting style. I feel like I let Chris do what he need to do, but if it's something where I feel like he did a little bit too much, I'll let him know that he did a little bit too much. But I really try hard to address these things with him silently or separately from the kids so that it doesn't look like we're arguing, but like, Hey, I, that was, you didn't have to do that. That was too much. Or yeah. even if he don't agree at this, at the time when I say it, he like, nah, I did what I needed to do. You know, oftentimes he'll come back later. Like, yeah, that was a little bit much. I'll, I'll apologize or I'll go talk to the kids or I'll go say this. And it's all about respecting each other's space. Yeah, because I'll, I'll pop immediately. Yes. So I'm like, and, and you know, they do something and right then and there on on spot. You know, on, I'm not, it's, they're not about to do, every, you know, whatever they want to. So I'm, I don't play those types of games. But like I said, I know if I do do something wrong, you know, I will go back and apologize. I apologize yeah. plenty of times to my kids because sometimes what I say, it'll it'll come off wrong or I'll be too aggressive and... But I'm like, I just, I don't want to, my kids are spoiled. I don't want to raise no entitled children. Right. No entitled, bratty children. I'm like, and I'm not. 
I don't either. Yeah. I agree. So it's just a, it's just a, you have to have a good balance. Like I say, it's best though sometimes if she's dealing with the kids, I mind my business. If I'm dealing with them, she minds her business. Like I say, if, if it's something that one of us is doing wrong, we have to talk about it. Because Jas- Jasmine has definitely made me be a better parent. She's helped me to be able to see things that I'm doing. Aww. So You're I'm so like, yeah, cute. I don't want to, yeah, just try to get them right. Okay, so now we've moved into the yes or no section of this podcast where I'll ask, I'll throw something out there and it's a yes or no. So the first one is join a separate bank accounts. Um, I say both, but again, you have to do whatever works for your, um, for your relationship. I say both. I say both because I feel like you should lose your identity in a marriage period being financial or spiritual or whatever you should have some sense of your own identity and i feel like having a personal bank account that no one's attached to but you is your business and i feel like you're allowed to have some business of your own even though you're married i totally agree because like you you should have a individual account because i'm like Say you want to surprise your girlfriend, wife, spouse, significant other, whoever, with something, you know, and if you got the same account. Yeah, they like, why did it come out? You, yeah, you get some <laughs> edible arrangements or something, and then it's come out the same account, and your wife just go on the phone or in the app and look and see it. Yeah. So that's why you need your own account. But also have some coworkers who have been married for like 30 years, and they only have one account, a joint account. Yeah. So, and they it's handle all everything. Work, yeah, so it's all it just, works for you. Yes. But oh, if you look, most financial advisors, they suggest you have up to seven accounts. Even Steve Harvey says, yeah, you, we should have several accounts. Yeah. So, but it just... It's, it's all up to you. Yeah. So the next question is, should marriages have gender roles? Um, to me, I would say no. But Definitely no. Yeah. I, and I think that people are shamed when they don't, which is weird to me. Like, I feel like... Who are you to tell somebody how their marriage should function? That's crazy. Like, you have certain people where the wife is working in the husband's home. The husband's taking care of the kids. They're doing everything at home while the wife is out working, climbing the ladder. But I feel like we put pressures on women to be domesticated and for men to be out here grinding. And I feel like whatever works for your marriage works for your marriage. And that's okay. And don't worry about what people have to say. Worry about your children or you or your household because nobody paying your bills but you. Correct. So the next thing is, can social media affect your relationship? Should a social media affect your relationship? Um, it can. I'm not a big fan of social media. Um, period. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I don't care to have any account, to be honest. You know, That's I don't. True. I, I don't trust it. I don't. You know, it's a lot of. Stuff in there that I don't like and is is not really the place for me. But I understand that I have to be on there sometimes just to be so called in the loop or you know what's going on or to be able yeah. to be active. But I really just have to be able to continue to see what my military friends are doing. But I I honestly have everybody that I need to talk to. I have their number in my phone. Yeah, I think that social media definitely can affect your relationship. I'm just just me. Like I feel like. A lot of the issues, like, there's there's spouses that won't follow each other or, you know, whatever works for you. Like, but for me, it can affect your your marriage if you don't respect your spouse. Bottom line, if you don't respect your spouse, you're going to have issues. 
and social media is going to bring those issues because social media makes people too accessible. And when you're that accessible, it can sometimes be a problem, especially when you're going through ups and downs in your marriage or whatever the case may be. Being that accessible can cause a problem. Yes, and then like I say, when you do have social media, which mo- most people do, you have to have you have to have under uh, understanding of things that's allowable and what's not allowable. Yeah. Because I'm like for for most men, I can go on my social media right now and pull it up, and I'm sure in my friend friend suggestions or something, it's going to show all the Instagram models or it's going to show all these people. It you know all that stuff just keeps on being thrown at you in yeah. in, in your face. So yeah. I'm like, and you want to keep on saying that, that or dealing with that, and like it's just. Then, like right. I say, old boyfriends, old girlfriends, friends. all all that stuff is there. All they have to do is hit add friend, send you a message. You shouldn't be so you don't have to add friend. Yeah, yeah exactly. You shouldn't be so available. Exactly, and that's what social media does. So, last but not least, when and who should you talk to about your marriage? I'm God, and, and yeah. then God again. Yeah, and that's because that's that's the problem. A lot of the times, like you see people have conversations all the time about their marriage to people that really can't offer them anything but a listening ear. So for me, I feel like if you feel like you have to talk to somebody other than God on this earth, make sure that this person can offer you something. Don't just be out here talking because I feel like a lot of the time that's what people do. Like people call people that they just having a conversation with. They can't get any type of guidance they, I'm not about to call you and tell you everything that's going on with me. And all you can say, man, that's crazy. For real? What, 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 what you, why are you calling this person? Yeah, if you want to talk to someone, talk to, like I say, you know, talk to maybe your pastor. Talk to your mom. Talk to a marriage counselor. Therapist, if, if your some, mom can't offer it, don't talk to her either. Yeah, talk to someone who has, you know, who has a relationship and something that they're trying to keep or something. That yeah, really talk to somebody that has... Went through some things. Somebody that really is in a space that can offer you something, some type of substance. Like, I feel like I'm the type of person where I feel like people think that I keep my marriage private. It is not necessarily that I keep my marriage private. But if I'm going through something, everybody don't got to know that. Because you you can't help me. All you can do is offer a mouth. And I ain't nothing. I don't need that. I need to call somebody that is going to help me. Period. Yeah, or just listen. But I'm like, and you also have to watch who you tell or and what you tell because say you tell, you talk to your friend about something that's going on in your marriage, whatever, and your friend may think like, man, that's really messed up. Or, you know, I don't, you know, they may start to dislike this person. But then at the end of the day, you're, you'll get over it and you'll still be married or still be with that person. Yep. But your friend may still dislike them. Yes. Like, why you with them and do little things like that. So it's, yeah. And it's, and you know, the crazy thing is that Although the friend or the family may still may still dislike this person by what you told them, doesn't mean that the friend or family is wrong because they can very be very well be valid in their feelings about yeah. your spouse, but it's still not their business. Yeah, because they got different deal breakers. Because what may oh, be definitely for you may not be for them, and vice versa. So. Definitely. So I think that it's important that you know who and when to talk to. And sometimes it's a conversation with God and that's it. And you pray about it and you talk to your spouse. We don't talk to our spouses enough. Indeed. So that will end the podcast. 
Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Did you have fun on my podcast? I did. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. See, you said it's pretty cool. Maybe I can get him to come again. He's he's the very, very <laughs> specialist, specialist guest I have ever had on the podcast. And I hope that he can join me again. Indeed. All right, guys. Until next time. Love you. Peace. Peace. <laughs>